Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The small details in wrestling are the best. Take this speculation recently that the reason MJF has started calling Wardlow Piggy is because once the big man has defeated his former boss, Tony Khan is going to have War Pigs by Black Sabbath ready to go as Wardlow's entrance music. Whether that is true or not, the fact that we can go on these flights of fancy to begin with is great. It is down to other situations that have made us believe this could be so. So I'm Simon from What Culture. Please do subscribe. And this is 10 Secret AEW Storyline Details hidden in plain sight. Number 10, how it started versus how it's going for Matt Jackson. When the Unbucks lost their AEW tag titles to the Lucha Brothers at All Out 2021, Matt Jackson wanted to make something very clear. Months prior, when they had won the championships after defeating FTR, he had to remove his boot due to injuries he had suffered as a good guy. He wasn't going to quit because he was a hero, so helped his wounded ankle by relieving the pressure and getting the victory. Excellent. After the Bucks had joined the dark side, though, Matt decided to use this same shoe load it with thumbtacks, which is not normal, and try and murder Ray Phoenix. As it turned out, the tables were turned here as the masked man used this loaded foot device to help get the win, and that was the point. It was the wink-wink nudge-nudge of the journey the older Jackson had been on. He had become so arrogant and he had taken the shoe fetish too far, which is storytelling up the whim-wham. And ever since then as well, the young bucks have barely won. It's almost like the sneaker is in control of his destiny, and don't doubt for a second he hasn't thought about this. He has. Number nine, all the music. So we mentioned this in the intro, and there is more fuel to the fire here. Not just some funny tie-in. Tony Khan enjoys using licensed music in order to enhance his performance and tell a story. This isn't unique to wrestling, but he is full on with it at the moment. For one, Jungle Boy was given his old theme of Tarzan Boy by Baltimora, which has already worked wonders, especially because when I hear it in the real world, I start to smile. There's also the fact that literally one year after this change, AEW made sure the Jurassic Express won the tag team titles, and I'm pretty sure that was intentional. Remember the next time somebody does switch up their tunes, something big could be on the horizon. Number eight, Cody's literal exit interview. Although we didn't know it at the time, but looking back now, sheesh, the things we missed. This wasn't really a storyline beat then, but it was for Cody Rhodes to acknowledge that Sean Ross Sapper Fightful was correct when he said that the American Nightmare was working without a contract and that his future was up in the air. Cody also talked about receiving a new deal, but not the one he wanted as it was a rematch for a TNT title shot against Sammy Guevara and not one that sorted out his long-term issues. Rhodes 
even told us somebody should mention he saved this promo, but as he didn't think he'd get another chance, he was going to drop it now. That's when he mentioned CM Punk and how he had picked up that mantle. There was so much to unpack here, it was nuts. I would assume that one day AEW could have ran with this because, yeah, Rhodes did go and do everything Punk had hoped for, but instead of that fallout... He was going to return to WWE. What a wild situation. Number seven, Kenny Omega hints at his heel turn for a year. Throughout 2020, without really saying a word, Kenny Omega let us know he was going to be a big problem for Hangman Adam Page. That is ridiculous. Before their Young Bucks tag match at Revolution, for example, it was Kenny telling the cowboy to calm down as the elite threatened to explode because they were all buddies. Or you could even say they were all on the same page, ironically. I'm sorry. Then Matt and Nick Jackson took him out using the Golden Lovers finish or the team of Kenny and Kota Ibushi. His kickstart Omega basically marginalizing Hangman at every turn to the point Page went and screwed over the Young Bucks when they were taken on FTR. He felt like he had to stand up for himself as Kenny laughed his way to the world title. Just when he was at his lowest, Omega tossed him to the curb too because he'd created the environment he wanted and one that he could take advantage of. The fact that months later this came back to bite him in the ass was even better. All of this was so good. Number six, Kenny Omega the Gentleman. And number seven only worked because of number six. Kenny Omega insisting of his opponents that we kept things nice and friendly in order to match his demeanor this guy. He would even go out of his way to protect Hangman and even his rivals as and when made sense because he didn't want any shenanigans. Omega would openly ask for this and as it turned out, this was yet more red herrings as Kenny wanted the same before he tangled with John Moxley and we all know what happened after that. You even had moments like when Frankie Kazarian dropped the cowboy on his head after some alcohol spillage which was met with fury by Omega. You don't do that to his boy. Whether he meant it or whether it was a ruse, that was for you to decipher. Number five, the real reason Kenny and Hangman lost the titles. Which brings us on to part three. Let us be honest, Omega and Page were sold to us as being different guys. Adam was nervous, anxious, and always questioning himself, whereas Kenny had the confidence and experience to know how to get success. You also had one character that was a borderline alcoholic and the other didn't drink at all. This was all out there for us to gravitate towards. It tied into their touching truce at Double or Nothing where they shared a whiskey and milk, because of course they did, when FTR were out to ruin this and corrupt Paige's mind to the point that he snapped. This also led to some harsh words as Kenny told the cowboy he was out of drinking buddies due to his actions. So what happened at Fight for the Fallen? Cash and Dak shared booze with the hangman. That was the catalyst for both guys to go off in their different directions as Omega showed his true colors. There's a reason AEW held off Paige winning the world title for so long. They wanted to get all of this across so Adam could cement himself as a real person and one that we could get behind, as Tom Cruise would say, mission success. Nope, that's not right at all. Before that damn forbidden door. It is fair to say that ever since Tony Khan decided to create a new wrestling promotion in 2018, he wanted to have a relationship with New Japan. It made sense with the talent he hoped to bring in, and back then, NJPW was super hot. Given the intended fan base, they would eat a versus show up. Kenny Omega is somebody else that loved all that stuff, as he meticulously plans all his stories to the nth degree. So much so ahead of Full Gear 2020, we found the cleaner in his house with a dog. He was very pleasant about hangman before their big match before he revealed that actually this wasn't his place and that wasn't his pup it just felt like kenny being his usual silly self but in reality as was obvious if you looked at the pictures on the wall this was the abode of one don Callis. now this was when Callis was affiliated with impact wrestling so nobody really thought he was aew bound to join up with omega and yet this was exactly the plan so kenny basically told us what he was planning and unless you were a detective you didn't see it it did make it so much better in hindsight and also taught the audience to never take things at face value. 
That is so important. Number three, the other forbidden door. Yep, there were two. It all began after number one was open and Kenny Omega was an impact. He was teaming with the Good Brothers to defeat Moose, Rich Swan, and Chris Sabin and made sure to wear a Bullet Cub shirt. You can imagine the internet after this. Happening in January 2021, the main question was now the relationship with New Japan, because at the time the word on the street was it wasn't very good. Some even said it was bad. And they were all wrong. Exactly one month later, there's that again, at beach break, Ken to open this door the other way and appeared on AEW Dynamite to attack John Moxley. Now you may be going, this was a coincidence, and sure, it could be. My money, however, would be on the fact that Kenny knew everything... He just wasn't allowed to talk about it yet. Number two, the Christian Cage heel turn. All the way back at Double or Nothing 2021, Jungle Boy and Christian Cage were the last two dudes in the Casino Battle Royale. In a somewhat shock, the boy eliminated the veteran, and Edge's once brother was so impressed he took the youngster under his wing. It was very nice of him. This was always going to end in a feud because wrestling, and while as of me talking it hasn't happened just yet... Come on now. During their first ever interview together, Cage spoke all over Jungle Boy instantly, as if to underline that he may have lost, but he was a genius and people needed to know. Jack Perry smartly has always conveyed the emotion of both pleased but also confused, and more recently, (laughs) forget it. There has been so many teases that Christian wants to smack Jungle Boy but can't find the moment or the reason, especially because he has a six foot five dinosaur staring at him. It's just more evidence that you can believe in your investment. It may take longer than you think, but sooner or later, you're going to get your reward. Number one, MJF, the piece of ship. If you haven't seen it, go and watch the MJF Dark Side of the Ring parody. It's so well done, so smart, so different. People thought outside the box and we smashed it. The idea, of course, was to paint Wardlow as the villain as Maxwell was back in his hometown. But when you dig a little deeper, there is a totally different message here. Friedman is an asshole. Because seriously, who in their right mind would take a series like this, which focuses on some truly heart-wrenching wrestling stories, and decide to use that as a vehicle of ridicule towards somebody they didn't like? This is the equivalent of helping an old woman across the street and then pushing them down once you're finished. No matter how you spin it, it bad. I assume this was the point, though, because as we all know, MGF is the worst of the worst. He only cares about himself, and that is that. I mean, seriously, what a flubbing great character. 